TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. The ball lifted to right field. Kamara goes back and that ball is gone. He did it again. Max Kepler's 35th into the flowers. And it's one to nothing. Score North, first place, Prince Show, hour number two. That's right, two hours of Twins Talk for you this afternoon, live from the Bombasota State Fair, land of 10,000 rakes, magic number 29. Rami Makloff, Derek Wetmore, Judd Solgad, Manny Hill out here. Declan Goff back in the studio and with you until 2 o'clock. That's when a journeyman quarterback gathering is happening on Purple Daily, hosted by Matthew Collar, Sage Rosenfels is bringing Brooks Bollinger to the State Fair today. Those two will be out here at 2 o'clock for Purple Daily. If you're in the neighborhood or plan on being out at the State Fair, stop by the Score North booth, meet those two guys, and also check out our uh, merchandise uh, booth, which is open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Show us your Score North mobile app. Get a $5 T-shirt. Also donating all proceeds from the All Arise T-shirt to Luis Arise's favorite charity, the Ronald McDonald House. So come on down here. We are off of uh, Chamber Street on the left edge of the grandstand out at the Minnesota State Fair. Now, uh, Derek, uh, in our in our pre-show sort of email thread that that we actually prepare for this show, I know we it, have prepped. It may not before. always sound like it, but we do prepare for this show. Exchange ideas via email or text, whatever the case might be. I didn't ask you what it was because uh, sometimes I just want to be surprised oh. by this stuff on the air. But uh, you said you have an idea on how to fix Twins pitching or at least get it the rest that it may need down the stretch here. I fixed it. You fixed it's, it. It's solved. It's fixed. It's done. So, assuming the Twins are listening to the Score North First Place Twin Show, like I, I'm giving you the they cheat are. code. They always do. They download it sometimes for later. I know they do a lot of meetings in the middle of the day. So, sure. catch up on the, whether it's the stream or you're on Twitch or on YouTube or whatever. I, this advice will get to the Twins at some point, some way, somehow. Um, I actually think they're way ahead of me on this. I'm just trying to uh, to get this out there. The number one way that I think you fix the rotation for the rest of the season and then get it set up for October, rest. Super simple, super easy. They've been talking about it since spring training, but you have to actually go put it to practice for it to work out. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Uh, let's exclude Michael Pineda because he just got his rest. You're good, man. Take the post every fifth day. You're set. Jake Odorizzi, when he is pitching on four days rest, which would be a standard rotation with no days off, you have four other pitchers, and then you go again. Opponents are hitting 301 against him this year, and he's got a 4.76 ERA. It's bad. That's not good. Six days of rest or more, here are his numbers. Again, we're talking about a little bit of a small sample size, but I think it's reflective of, uh, of a trend you see around baseball. Generally speaking, the more rest you get, the more you can sort of Reload your weapon and be ready to come with your best stuff on the day that you start. Six-plus days of rest for Odorizzi. Opponents are hitting 179, and he's got a 100 ERA. That's much better. Yeah, it's a lot better. Yeah. Thank you for the hashtag no analysis. I'll spare you the numbers for the other guys, but it's a similar story. Barrios is best when he's got six or more days of rest. Gibson, five days of rest. Martin Perez, five days of rest. So... The way that you can do this, if you're the Twins, take advantage of today's off day and bump, obviously, everybody back rather than skip one guy in a start. And then you need a spot start or two 
from that group of your Devin Smeltzer, your Zach Littell, uh, Lewis Thorpe got sent out, so it's not him, but Randy Dobnik, uh, maybe Cole Stewart. One of those guys, just pick him in uh, the game that you're actually going to want to throw him is this Thursday against the White Sox, the season finale or series finale against the Whiteys. Once you get through that, everyone else has more rest built into the schedule because of the off day and because of skipping a spot with a spot starter, you can get pretty creative. So by just one You don't have to skip anybody. You don't have to give Jose a turn off. You don't have to give Martin Perez a a start off. Kyle Gibson, just the off day plus, uh, let's say, Devin Smeltzer, for example. And you only need to do that one time. You only need to use a spot starter one time to get everybody this extra rest? Two of those games, actually, but only once before rosters expand in September. Okay. Once rosters expand in September, you're going to have you know, 15 pitchers, 14 pitchers, whatever the heck it is, and you're right. perfectly good to go. You'll have no problem covering your innings once you get into the month of September. That comes on Sunday. So, so once Sunday hits, I, I think. By the way, it's basically a chance for a, a free for all as far as who they're playing. That's what. This is why. Also, I, I was in favor of not starting Burrios on Friday because if I'm playing the Tigers, I can start Smeltzer. Sure. I could start him, but yeah, I think that you're right, and and it was interesting in his post game comments, you guys on Friday. Rocco immediately, basically unprompted, said, "Brios is going to make his next start," but then the question be, but then on Saturday, I, I think Derek, when you were there, he left the door wide open for, but he might not make all of his next starts without being bumped back. So I think what you're saying is exactly what the plan is, yeah. and you know what? Good for them. Yeah, that's yeah. a great, but that's a great move. Be proactive about yes. it. It's not a. I, I don't think you, you know, quote unquote, punish Barrios or anything like that by taking away a start. But you are effectively saying to Jose and to the rest of the team, we want to put this dude in the best spot to be successful, and we know our numbers say he's better when he's got longer rest. I think, especially when you get to this part of the season, it's the dog days of August into September. Go ahead and back off of him a little bit so that he can go back out there and be good Jose Brios because you need that guy. And if you can if you can grow this lead over the Indians a little bit, you might be able to just give Jose Brios a turn off in the rotation. But you're obviously not quite comfortable enough to do yeah, that yet. They're not getting cocky about that. Right. I, I can tell you that. But I do think to the point on September call-ups and having arm coverage, just kind of based on the way Rocco answered a question the other day, I think we're expecting the cavalry here, boys. I think on September one. Oh, on Sunday. I think you're going to see just about every arm on the forty man roster they're all, they're getting all phone up. calls and saying, "Hey, be coming. here." I don't know if you're going to pitch for the rest of the month, but you are going to be ready to pitch in case we need you for two innings on a random Wednesday against Detroit. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of arms out in that Twins bullpen, so that if you run into a spot where, hey, somebody's getting blown up in the first inning. You need to win this game. You can't just afford to punt all season long. Get them out of there. You've got coverage for the rest of the way. I, th- I think that's pretty much a no-brainer for the Twins. What are rosters e- eventually going to be at? What, like what do you in, mean? In the next three to five years. They're, oh. not, they're not staying at 25 men. Like, there's too many of, of the Twins aren't this unique one-off type of team. We're looking at. I, I think that we are. I think that we're on the precipice of the September call-up idea going away. Like forty man, bring everybody up. Uh, but I, I also believe the flip side to the agreement then is going to be okay. But rosters are going to be bigger than they are right now. Are we talking twenty-eight men pretty soon? Do you think? One thing that's been kicked around, and I don't know what kind of traction this is going to get. Part of it's because you know, if I if I was in the players' union right now, I'd hate the league. 
and you could understand. Sure. So I think there's a battle coming. There's some friction there. One of the things that has been kicked around um, that's probably made it all the way up to the top is talking about 28, as you say, what, 26, 27, 28. Yep. But then instead of having all of them active on a given day, you've got maybe four inactive guys. So you say, oh, hey, like hockey. You, you know what? Yeah, you're in the press box. It's uh, it's not quite the same, but I know what you're saying. It's like the healthy scratch in hockey. Yeah. In this case, it's hey, yesterday's starter. Why should he count against our 25 man roster? But we're also not going to send him out because we want him to make his next start, and we want him accruing major league service. He should be getting a big league paycheck for this. All that stuff. They're going to talk about anyways. I don't know if it gets signed or gets done, but they are going to at the league level talk about making a sort of an inactive list so that you can grow the rosters, you can have more guys, but you're also you're not suiting up 25 guys. The league is going to push back against that because it means more player salary, more paychecks, more money. But guess what? You've got the money to get it done, and if I'm the players' union, I'm going to push for that. Well, it's kind of like the NFL, right? Like the NFL has 53 men on your active roster, but like how many of them actually dress on Sundays? Right. It's what was it, 47, 46, or something, something like that, yeah. I think. And they publish so. the inactives every Sunday morning yep. and say, hey, you guys are on the roster, you're getting the paycheck, you're getting the meal money, you're traveling with us, yep. but you're not suiting up for this game, there's no chance you play. I, I think baseball will go to something like that because the lopsided nature of September is, as a baseball fan is, is just kind of gross. It's, it's kind well, of ugly to see somebody. It doesn't really make sense, right? you got 35 guys in there, and what? And now we're in a pennant race, and so we have to win, but you're going to be pitching this 19-year-old from AA because he's under 40 men. It, it, it doesn't make sense in the competitive landscape. Was, was, there a by, was there a bygone time where that did make sense? Like, I've been watching baseball for a long, long time, and as a young baseball fan, I just accepted, oh, it's September 1st. It's right. going to be. A, but when I process it now, I'm with Derek. Good it's question. like, why? what was the. I never really questioned it until you guys just started doing it right now. Like I, it's weird. I legitimately never questioned the, the roster expansion on September 1st. It's weird, right? Because, like, if you're a bad team, you get, you get a chance to see your prospects, and some guys get their feet wet, which, by the way, I think there's real value to that. Sure. A guy coming to spring training, maybe he's 21, but now he knows what big league life is like. There's, there's a plus to that. But uh, the flip side of it is, like, if you're a good team and now all these games matter, now I've got to do advanced scouting work for 37 pitchers on the Detroit Tigers who I've never seen because he was in double-A yesterday? Why? It's, a, it's not good, I think, from a competitive standpoint to baseball. I don't know, but to answer your question about, like, what was the point of this? I just ever? used to accept it. Yeah, I never really questioned it or thought about it. Doesn't make competitive. It just sense. is. It's one of those things September that just is and always has been for <laughs> yeah. my Gallops. lifetime. Why do they shoot free throws from you know X number of feet away? It's like oh, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Guys could probably hit them from seventeen feet just as well. I don't know. It's this, this I don't sound, have a good explanation. Brian tweets it, and this sounds familiar as I read it. At Jay Zolgat, at Derek Wetmore, at Rami is tweeting. Says, unless I'm mistaken, they already have made the change to the rosters starting next year. It'll be 26 players, I think maximum of 13 pitchers, and then September yeah. could be wrong on this part. We'll expand to 28. They are limiting oh, September call-ups next year. Okay, good. But I don't know about the 26 thing. I'd have to go back and figure it I out. I think that sounds right. Yeah, I think I, think I heard something like that before, too. Yeah, Like I said, it sounded familiar when I read it. I didn't. It didn't occur to me until Brian pointed. But here's it out. what's weird: is like baseball oh, and has he now has a link. They've to the new floated rules. so many of these trial balloon rule change ideas, well, and more are coming. Yeah, that that, that you of, don't know. Like, hey, did that rule actually Ronnie's change? Good friend. 
Yeah, Rob Manfred, his yeah. his uh, Rami's understudy, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball. <laughs> it's, it, they floated so many trial balloons, like texted Kenny Rosenthal on a Saturday, hey, what are you doing? Do you mind floating this rule change that we're talking about? <laughs> hey, hey, Jeff Passan, do you have a second to float this on SportsCenter? Yeah, here it is right here. Uh, th- these are the changes to the roster next year. Active roster limit from opening day through August 31st and in postseason games will increase from 25 to 26, and the minimum number of active players will increase from 24 to 25. The current major league rules allowing for a 26th player for double headers will be amended to allow for a 27th player. Okay. Also, elimination of 40-man active rosters limit in September from September 1st through the end of the championship season. All clubs must carry 28 players on the active roster. Sure. So that gets away from... Now, that's fu- that I'm okay that's with. That's right. That's right. That's the, not a bad idea. Then. The okay. cheap team trying to save on salary, for example, yes. might only call up one guy. Salary? Try uh, per diems. That's right. The yeah, cheapest that's right. team are trying to save on hotel rooms, you guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I believe it, man. It's well, probably I mean, a, you know, a big expense. We've got to get two more rooms in the house. They also have rules aimed towards uh, preventing position players pitching... They also have rules aimed at uh, maximum number of batters for pitchers and uh, how many pitchers or position players you can carry on a roster. Maximum number or minimum number? For uh, facing I think it's guys. 13 is the minimum number of pitchers that you can have. Uh, and that starting next year, one of the rules Rob Manfred said will start next year is pitchers will have to face at least three batters. Sure. Yeah. Where, unless it's to end an inning. So if a pitcher comes in, gets the third out, you can pull him before, okay. the, before the next inning starts. Well, minimum of 13 pitchers. You're going to see a lot more guys update their LinkedIn and say, Hey, Ray Adrianza, I'm also a pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's one of our 13 pitchers. There is going to be – here, let me make sure I find it so I explain it right. There's going to be a two-way – here it is. Players designated as a two-way player. A player qualifies as a two-way player only if he accrues at least 20 major league innings pitched and at least 20 major league games started as a position player or designated hitter. Oh, well, so they've already thought about that. Yeah. All right. That's no fun. You know what? I was trying to skirt the rules, You know boys. what? Tampa Bay will still test they it. Sure will, yeah. Tampa Bay is going to be the one team that's going to be like, hey, hey we got that guy. Yeah. He's well, right here. Yeah, Brandon, I know. Brandon McKay. Yeah, they're actually probably going to try that at some point. Uh, Shohei Otani, I suppose, would count. Mm-hmm. But I do think you're going to see more of that. Um, anyway, I just the September rules never quite made sense to me. Uh, it's good that they're updating it, that they're adjusting it. But the Twins for 2019 should take full advantage of it. Like they, they shouldn't have a, a pitcher on the 40 man that's not here, in, you know, with the big league club in September. As Rocco put it very bluntly the other day when he was asked about it, are we going to see a number of guys called up? And he said, he said, in short. Yes, we're a competitive club playing competitive games. We should never find ourselves in a spot where we have no coverage. And for Rocco, that's frontal. Yeah, that, that is. That's as aggressive as he gets. It's not, well, there's some debate about this, or that's a longer discussion. Or, Guess no, what? No, it was, we're, we need to have coverage in September. Derek Falvey told him exactly that, too. I'm sure they're. Which is why Rocco would be like, yeah, boss, <laughs> you're right. I'm sure they're in lockstep. Because you look at Cleveland. For years has done this under Falvey was part of that tree, and of course, I'd have to go back and look up Tampa Bay's roster transactions. But with Rocco coming from there, it'd be really interesting to see if the two teams saw eye to eye on just saying, "Yeah, we've got 23 pitchers on our 40 men. All of them are going to be here on September 1st." We got to hit a quick break. On the other side, Judd, I remember a few weeks ago you saying that. You could not have Miguel Sano be part of your everyday lineup in October in a playoff series. You just cannot have that guy in your lineup out on the field every day. 
I wonder if that's changed because don't look now, but Miguel Sano is an absolute beast. It's the Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota and the Bombasota State Fair. It's the land of 10,000 ranks, magic number 29, and uh, we'll be back right after this on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile. I gained seven pounds over the weekend. It's Score North live from the Minnesota State Fair. The big man with a big fly to left. Number 26, and the Twins take the lead. Highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North. It's D. Score North, first place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks, magic number 29. Rami Makloff, Judd Zolgad, Derek Wedmore. Live from the Bombasota State Fair and a uh, a wet Bombasota State Fair this afternoon. The skies have opened up. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> oh come down on, boys! Mackie and I sat on this stage with lightning all around last year, and asked Paul Black, our engineer, if this thing hits the building, can, are we dead? And he's like, I don't think so. Uh, just so I don't we just kept think so. so we just kept going. Wear, wear rubber shoes. That's the secret. Wear rubber shoes. Well, fortunately, we didn't test it. Don't hide out under the grandstand. But I'll, I will take rain any day of the week. It's the lightning that scared me. <laughs> yeah, I need uh, a guarantee so. that I'm not going to die. I don't think so is not a sufficient answer to that question. Are you wearing rubber shoes? Uh, I, have, uh, rubber soles. I have rubber soles on my you, shoes. You might be okay. Great album, by the way. You might Again, be okay. might be is not comforting enough, Derek. What more? I oh, do what not, do you want me to lie to you? I do not want to die. Me neither. Just send me inside if I could die. Just let me go Actually, home. we asked that question, and he said, if you guys get hit and you're inside, you might die regardless. So we just kept going. Yeah. (laughs) Well, guys, the grandstand. I'm not kidding. Phil and I are like, could we? Because the grandstand. I'm scared, by the way, of lightning. I'm not joking. No, totally. It scares me. I'm not being flippant about lightning. I feel you. Yeah. No. I mean, just just be safe. Be smart out there. If you're at the Great Minnesota Get Together. Maybe find some shelter. Uh, Did I see somebody wearing a Score North poncho? Do we have Score North ponchos in our merchandise? Yes, we do. Wow. Okay. I was hawking the old 1500 ESPN ponchos last year. Yep. I (laughs) I was like a carnival barker last year. I amend my (laughs) advice if you're here at the Great Minnesota State Fair, uh, the Great Minnesota Get Together, pick up a Score North poncho, then seek cover. Do we know how much one of those ponchos goes for, Randy? That I am not aware of. I can. Hold on, I'll find out. I might have to get one so I can uh, go get some lunch after this. Kill his mic if he's going to (laughs) yell. (laughs) <laughs> says, how much does a poncho cost? <laughs> now, this is not the weather day that you want at the fair, uh, but you get a little range of every single thing when you come here. The first day, it was beautiful. Best weather day I've seen at the fair. There you go. Do you have answers for us, Jed? Oh, you need to put that on forward. Yeah, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, I got a deal for you right now. <laughs> if you're out All there, right, if go. you're out there and you're getting rained on, okay, you've got a poncho, but if you want to upgrade, but if you want to upgrade that poncho, score north ponchos. We're right off of Chambers by the grandstand. $3 right over there. $3. Wow, that's a steal. Are you sure, Judd? I just asked Ross Brendel. Ross Brendel would not lie. He's as honest as the day is long. Wow. I would lie. He won't. <laughs> $3 for a poncho right around the corner here. What a here. deal. Folks, you look, you got umbrellas, if so I appreciate wet. that. But if you want a poncho, $6 for both of that you. Umbrella Two ponchos. That umbrella is not doing the job. This is amazing. That umbrella is not doing the job. <laughs> it's $3. It's the greatest deal you'll get today. You didn't come prepared. Guess what? That's Score North has you prepared. Solid deal. Act now. 
Act now. They won't last long. I love that phrase. <laughs> hey, uh, I mentioned before the break whether or not Judd has moved on Miguel Sano and how big a part of the playoff plans maybe he should be. And I asked that, Judd, because since he absolutely bottomed out on June 27th, he's got a slash line of 271, 374, 619. Yep. An OPS of 993 with 17 home runs and 211 plate appearances. Derek did the math. And uh, if he had 600 plate appearances, that's a 48 home run pace. Mm-hmm. I don't think you, you can keep this guy out of the lineup under any circumstance as long as he stays this hot. Uh, and here's the thing I love, and, and I don't know who gets credit uh, for the work with him on this, but he's got his, and I'm not saying it's perfect, but he's got his pitch selection back. This yes. is what we saw when he came up. I'm not nearly as impressed. When he swings the bat and makes contact now, I'm not saying it's not impressive, but what impresses me is, do you remember all the crap he swung at and, yeah. your, and the sliders and all take that? take a fastball right down the middle of the yeah. next pitch. He is now he has now gotten back to his rookie year laying off, and, and it's absolutely instrumental. That being said, here's my plan now, because I want him, I would like him as much as possible if I can do it. I want him in my lineup for game one of the playoff series. I'm sorry, I still don't want him at third base. I don't want him at third base because... Marvin Gonzalez is a is better at third base. Marvin Gonzalez is the consummate professional. What I do right now is I work with him every single day going forward at first base. I want him at first base because at least at first base, I, I hesitate to say that he he's can't he's not really good yet at picking the ball. But I, I read a story I think it was by Jay Jaffe a couple weeks ago that pointed out the ills of of CJ Crone. And they're far more than I thought. I, I think I got fooled because Crone got off to, to such a good start. Like the first two months, he was great, and he was fielding everything. He's got, what, the bad thumb now? Um, he, he did homer yep. yesterday, but he has certainly not been the player that he was for the first couple months. So if I could get it where Sano is a functional first baseman, he starts for me game one of the playoffs at first base. They won't do that. That's what I would do. How on a scale of 1 to 10, how good a first baseman does he need to be for you to be okay sticking him over there? Uh, he needs to be a, like pro- a 5 or a 6? I'd 5. You'd take I was going to say a 5 because here's the problem. At third base, he's got the arm, and if he can come in and make the play, he's fine. If he's moving forward, he's fine. But the reason why he falls so much is he literally can't cross over. He can't if you if you yeah, footwork, yeah. Yeah, and and so so if I'm in a playoff game and I guess I guess what I'm talking about here is rolling the dice completely and saying, okay, I want his bat in there, but fielding-wise, which of the two is the lesser ills? If he could get to his right or left in even sort of a competent way, I'd be fine. But to me, it's just continually too many balls go through. So I'm just saying, I would at least work on this to see in game one of the playoffs, can I start you at first base? Because you're right. The way that he is hitting the baseball right now, I have no interest in not playing him. But I also, defensively, especially, and here's the problem, too, you guys. Unless things magically change, the left side of that infield the last two months or so has been suspect. I want to shore that thing up as as much as I possibly can. I'm not saying that my solution is perfect, but I think it's at least worth exploring. Do you want to take C.J. Crone's bat out of the lineup, though? That's Uh, where it gets a little dicey for me. Yeah, you know what? I want to take the guy that I've seen since the the, uh, thumb problems out. Yeah, I have no problem with that. Okay. Previously? No right, way. Right. The, the C.J. Crone that we saw April, May into June, I would not ever suggest that. 
But what we've seen, and I believe his homer yesterday uh, that he hit was his second or third in August. Like the power, not surprisingly, has gone down. Not the same guy. So yeah. I, I don't yeah. have I don't have nearly as big a problem. Where I wonder if what I would hate to see though is that there's a key play at first base and it gets totally screwed up. But I just Derek, I can't I can't take a guy that has so much problems mo- moving to his, especially I think his left. And 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 take my current starting pitching and be like, okay, suck it up. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm trying to think of the lesser ills oh, here. Oh, ground ball, that's guaranteed to be a base hit. I'm trying to. Think, I agree with you. I'm he's trying not, to think of the lesser ills. Yeah, he's not great at going to his left, and for him to be, you know, a league average third baseman, he's going to have to clean that up. And can he do it on the fly? Boy, I I don't know about that. That's a real challenge. If if you're talking about a postseason series, you need his bat in there every day. He's been one of their best hitters. In fact, I, I think behind Nelson Cruz, he's been their best hitter in the second half. But to you, to your point, Judd, he has been suspect at third base. Even his defenders will point that out. Do you take Marwin's glove or C.J. Crone's bat? And do you trust Sano to either even be a five or a six over first base? Because I, I don't really well, like him what, at first base. That becomes my question. That's the question. It's, it's a challenge. And of course, you don't have the to DH point, if I'm going to work on this project... I need to feel he's a five. Now, if I come away being like, oh, my God, he's a two or three, then I'm, you, you can't, can't do it. Yeah, you can't. You pull the ripcord so at I'm that I'm trying point. to a- answer his question as to what do I at least need to feel game one I'm comfortable with, Rami? I got a question for you, Rami, because the Cubs had just some outstanding defensive players. Let's, yeah. go, let's just go back to 2016. Not yeah. that it's the only year they've been relevant, but it's the year they won it all. Sure. They had guys like Javi Baez where you're like, oh, my gosh, you could play literally anywhere. I bet you put that guy in catcher's gear and he'd figure it out. Yeah. But then you also have guys like um, Kyle Schwarber who, for example, returned for the World Series. His bat was a big part of it, but he's stretched in left field. I think anybody would say that. Mm-hmm. Where do you fall on this in terms of like having good fielders at every spot? Oh, except for where you don't, you have terrible fielders, but you've got a big bat. I think that when and and the twins have a little bit of this too. Not necessarily not necessarily to help out Miguel Sano, but when you have a Byron Buxton on the field, that makes it a lot easier to to have a hole defensively somewhere else in the sure. outfield. Or or if you have a Javi Baez at shortstop, you can afford to have a bit of a hole at third base because he'll he'll cover up some of those mistakes and cover some of the ground that that guy can't. I don't know that you necessarily have those guys in those places to make up for what you're going to lose with Miguel Sano at third or at first. Jorge Polanco isn't a good enough shortstop to cover up for Miguel Sano, and I don't think Luis Arraiz or Jonathan Scope are good enough at second base to cover up for his mistakes over at first. So they're not necessarily in that position, but that being said, you have to have Miguel Sano's bat in the lineup some way, somehow, come October if he stays this hot. There's just no way... You sit him. You just you're gonna have to grit, grit your teeth and and bear it whenever a ground ball is hit his way, right. or he has to dig a throw out at first base. Well, and knock on wood, you're not gonna have the DH spot available if you're the Twins because Nelson Cruz comes back from a ruptured tendon in his wrist and just looks like Nelson Cruz. Like if if you told me he was 29 after seeing him this season and not 39, I'd be like, yeah, that's about right. Power hitter in his prime, just slugging everything. Comes back from a wrist injury, no big deal. He's still ready to hit bombas. Uh, you're not going to have the DH at bats available if you're the Twins, and that becomes another math problem. For you got so many bats, and you need them in the lineup. How do you make the puzzle fit together? Right, I think I, that's what they have to figure but that, out. But that's what I'm saying is, is if I could develop um, 
Sano to be a sufficient first baseman. I'm willing to take Crone's bat, which I think, to be fair, right now you could probably call Spotty out. Gonzalez, who might not have the bat, but certainly uh, has some absolutely key playoff hits and in the clutch delivers, gives you a better third baseman there. So to Derek's point, I'm trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together to give yourself still the best chance offensively with a damn good offense. But then also the flip side then is I at least feel as the game starts with pitching that we now think is probably spotty across the board. Defensively, I'm giving those guys the best chance because here's what you can't have. Here's what will submarine you in a playoff series before you can say a word about it. You can't have what happened Saturday to Gibson, fielding-wise, happen to Kyle Gibson. Like if, if that is uh, Pineda or Perez or somebody pitching, you can't have that happen. You right? don't get to give the Astros five outs exactly. in an inning. And, yeah. but the, and then we come back and say, well, Kyle Gibson didn't do the job, which is partially correct, but you also were so bad defensively that you cost him a chance to do the job, if that makes sense. You're going to be up against it. When you get to the playoffs in the series against the Astros, you're going to be up against it pitching-wise. So the best thing, what you have to do is give your, your starting pitchers the best possible chance they can to be successful. And, and that not, starts with the guys behind them. And they're not good enough to overcome the inefficiencies right. that you potentially might have. I yep. think with Byron Buxton, that could be. That, that oh, could no, be potentially no. huge for this team. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm saying if, if defensively you're as sound as possible, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you're right. Right. But my point is If you put Saturday, them behind the eight ball... Saturday, you can't have that happen. You're in trouble in October. If That's that going to cost yep. you a game. Yep. I think Byron Buxton's return could be huge, guys, and I don't know if we can talk about it enough. He said to, he might not. To be honest, he with said you. he might be careful. He told reporters in Cedar Rapids yesterday he might start being a lot more careful. Great. It's well, the Rami and Judd theory on life. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I believe it when I see it. Yeah, exactly right. He's ta- talking a big game. I appreciate it, and you'd like to see him walk the walk here the rest of August and September. If they can get him back, like now. They're in a great spot. I think that it's, it's, it's impossible to overstate how helpful he can be. He makes left field better. He makes right field better. He makes the middle infielders better. Oh, and by the way, the battery mates, he brings down a staff ERA by standing out there in center field. He's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And they might get him back as early as uh, Tuesday against the White Sox in Chicago. You, you know what, so we'll you know see. what Byron? Take all the time that you need. What I want to make sure is when you do come back, you're as healthy as possible. Yeah. I'm not. You know what? White Sox series? Heck, if I'm the Twins, I'm cautious there. I say we'll bring you back on the weekend. How about that? How about the weekend? I see no need at all to be like, we got to have you back now. What I want is when he comes back, A, he's as healthy as possible, and B, I think I have the best chance, unless he does something again, of keeping him in the lineup for the rest of my season, no matter how long that goes. I told you guys last week. I'm if. If I'm Rocco Baldelli, I might do the opposite of what Bobby Cox once did to a young Andrew Jones who didn't run after a fly ball. Pulled him off the field in the middle of an inning. Sure. If Byron Buxton leaves his feet, whether it's to run into a wall <laughs> or to dive for a baseball, you're coming off the field, bud. Get bench. Grab some pine. For trying too hard. For trying too hard. Hey, man, there's something Until to that. Until October, right? I'm dead serious. O- October, if, he lay, if, 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 we've got, if we've got bunting in the stadium, as far as the playoff bunting goes, <laughs> yes. and he dives or hits a wall. <laughs> That's okay. I'm actually going to sign off on that. But, yes. Rami, before um, September ends, I'm with you. Bench him. 
I'm coming out of the dugout. I'm pointing at him and giving him the thumb. Mid-inning. Yeah. Not, oh, my not, God. Not, yes. Not since Billy Martin went and yanked Reggie out of right field. No, Bobby Fenway, Cox, Bobby Cox did that to Andrew Jones. I remember because it was it. against the Cubs at Wrigley Field. Love it. And he literally came out of the dugout, <laughs> stood on the field, pointed at Andrew Jones, pointed his thumb towards the dugout, and sent out his replacement. Wow. I'm rooting so That's hard funny. for this. <laughs> <laughs> this would be amazing. Can you see Rocco doing that? Great theater. Oh, no, I can't, no. but uh, it you would tried, be great theater. tried too hard, buddy. Why don't you just why don't you grab a seat next to me? It's like Byron, we talked about this. <laughs> it's like, exactly. It's, it's like the scene in Major League where Willie Mays Hayes makes the basket catch, and he goes back to the dugout, and Lou Brown looks at him and says, Oh, it was an amazing catch, son. Don't ever bleep and do it again. <laughs> Same thing <laughs> with Byron. Byron. It's like, Buxton. that was a great catch, Byron. Yeah, you robbed a home into run. the wall. Don't ever bleep and do it again. And, Judd, you mentioned uh, take your time in coming back, Byron Buxton, and you can the way that Jake Cave is playing. That's one of the guys we still need to get to in one more segment of the Score North First Place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number is 29. We're at the Minnesota State Fair and back after this on 1500 scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. I sat on a tractor and a combine and ate chocolate bison. I think. It's Score North, live from the Minnesota State Fair. All right, it's Score North download time. It's 1.45, quarter to two. We are live at the great Minnesota get-together here on Score North. We'll be live all the way up until uh, 6 o'clock today. Got Purple Daily coming up here at the top of the hour. Matthew Collar, Sage Rosenfels, and uh, Brooks Bollinger are going to join them on the porch as well so uh, be sure to stop by and check that out it is raining right now and that kind of sucks but nonetheless we do have uh score north at our score north merchandise booth right on the side of our booth here at the state fair we do have ponchos for sale if you uh were not prepared for the wet weather this afternoon uh we got you covered just stop on by the merchandise booth three dollars gets you a nice poncho to keep you as dry as possible. Now, back for one more segment of the Score North First Place Twin Show at the Great Minnesota Get-Together. Rami McLaugh. And live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 lakes, where the magic number is 29. I'm along with Derek Wetmore, our Twins reporter, Judd Zolgad. You can read both of these guys' thoughts on your Minnesota Twins. And uh, Judd writes about other things, too, at scorenorth.com. And the Score North mobile app, which is available in the Apple and Google Play stores. Score North mobile app rewards people the longer that they listen live. And it's your one-stop shop for all podcasts and written content, as I was just talking about on scorenorth.com. We're also available on uh, Amazon Alexa. Just say Alexa, open Score North, or wherever you download podcasts. Guys, I remember not too long ago, uh, Jake Cave was not the most popular member of the Minnesota Twins around these parts. I know uh, our very own Phil Mackey railed on Jake Cave a couple of times on the Mackey and Judd with Rami program, which airs weekdays 4 to 6 here on Score North. But something has gotten into that guy in the month of August. because uh, And just when you needed him, too, with Byron Buxton out for an extended period of time, Jake Cave getting the job done for the Minnesota Twins. Well, he must have heard that uh, the rumors that his job was in jeopardy. He must have heard that there was a certain outfielder making his way back toward target field in Byron Buxton and that they would be without need of a uh, fourth or fifth outfielder, so he's absolutely turned it on at the right time, Judd. Odd that uh, Jake Cave, it, it seems that if you were to break down his defensive uh, issues, for the most part, I'm not saying he's perfect, but he can go get fly balls. 
like he he made a catch on Sunday in in left. He, he was in for a rise. I think he came in as a defensive replacement for Luis. Arise. There you go. There you go. <laughs> in the seventh and in Sorry, the I was and slow it, on the pickup. And in the eighth, made a great leaping catch. Um, in all seriousness, it was a great play. In all seriousness, in right field, it seems that he has struggled with the ball on the ground more often. Yeah. Than fly balls. Um, my theory, though, against Detroit, b- because I believe he had two home runs in the big leagues this year coming into to the weekend, and then he had three against the Tigers, is he said, this is like being back in the International League. <laughs> I wow. can I can hit these guys. Oh, come on. And so, but you know what? I mean, if he's a fourth outfielder who can who you can rely on defensively, yes. then that's absolutely fine. My, I'm fine with that. That, that, that should be his role. And, and the, the fact that he made that catch in the eighth uh, to end the inning yesterday was huge, and it's great. Because if you can start Arise. in left field, mm-hmm. who gives you a bat and defensively is obviously has no clue, but that's not his fault. He hasn't played out there till now. Yeah. Then, then that's the perfect scenario if Jake Cave can fulfill that role. Yeah, and for now, it's, you know, Buxton's not here yet, and Eddie Rosario's dealing with is it a hamstring, so don't know how long that's going to be. He should keep playing. He should be in the lineup every day, and obviously the bat has shown that. Uh, the problem I've had with him defensively, and he's cleaned this up lately, it's like he's just too aggressive. He tries to make these plays that no one could make short of Byron Buxton. He'll come diving in on a ball and reminds you of Torrey Hunter in the dome letting the sure. ball trickle to the wall for an inside-the-park home run. You're like, dude, just pull up on that, and it's a single. You'll live to see another day. Like You almost want to just sit him down and be like, what? did you think you could make that play? And did you consider the possibility that if you don't make it, your team is screwed? Because it was, it was to me, it was always an aggressiveness thing. The ball's on the ground that you're talking about, Judd. Same thing. He's trying to Superman this like off to the side and trying yeah. to throw out a runner at first base. Like, stop, dude. Just scoop it up. Right. Play the ball. Calm and collected. Play the ball. Hit the cutoff, man. It's it's as simple as that. And he's been playing a lot better the last three weeks. Let's play a game called Will He Hit the IL? Eddie Rosario, who on Friday we, we were told, hey, this isn't so bad. He's he's available. Day to day. Heck, he might pinch it. Yeah, and I was like, I've seen too much of this. Yes, and right. by Saturday, Rocco's walking it back saying anything could happen. Six, seven, so, eight days, we don't know. So my guess is uh, tomorrow in the morning or early afternoon, we get a roster move. The game is, will Rosario hit the I.L.? September 1st on Sunday, two to factor in. Derek? I, I say yes. I say that's the logical move for Byron Buxton. You get to keep your pitchers. You get to keep I think you're right about Jay the pitchers. Cave. That's where I think you're right. Yeah. So it could actually, we could be looking at a very different roster on Tuesday as they open up against the White Sox. So then with what day is September 1st? Do you say it's Sunday? It's Sunday. It's coming up this weekend. Yep. It'll, so I think it'll look different this midweek, and I think it'll look very different again on Sunday when the Cavalry shows up. Yeah, I mean, it's the longer this goes on, the the more likely it seems that he will have to go on some kind of IL stint, right? It'll be retroactive, and he'll have to miss a few days. But I just, I don't know how long you can let this go on for and be short a roster spot. And I heard people talking about um, not pointing fingers, just like let's correct a narrative that's out there. Well, he's taking BP with the team. He wasn't taking BP, like dialed in Eddie Rosario taking BP. He was out there with his Swinging. his cap on backwards okay. and hitting a couple barrels just because he can. Like he's, he's super athletic, but I didn't see it as a sign that this dude's ready to pinch hit and play tonight. I saw it as 
He's out there having fun, hitting some bombas, swinging against, you know, Wes Johnson. That, to me, is not a leading indicator that he's playing tomorrow night in Chicago. But who knows? I could be wrong. I've been wrong there is no, millions of times before. With, with a hamstring, there's no, re- no compelling case to risk it. No, no reason to. No. Hamstring, I'm putting you on the 10-day. Because I know if, if I play you, you're going to run. Right. That's right. I don't want you running. He's going to hit one of those balls that's in between, and he's going to try need, to stretch it to a double. I don't need that. You know what I'm liking about this Twins team right now, though, guys? And this just sort of washed over me. The players' weekend uniforms? No, those were terrible. Oh. It just sort of washed over me like, like the rain is doing out here at the Minnesota State Fair. As we're conducting this show and the things that we've talked about, especially offensively with this team, Jose Barrios and the starting pitching is, is, is a concern, no doubt about it. But when we talk about the offense of this team and how deep and how versatile they are. And that's what we started off this season talking about. And all of a sudden, we've come around full circle back to being able to talk about that again because don't look now, but Jorge Polanco has heated back up. Miguel Sano, as we talked about, is tearing the cover off the ball. Marwin Gonzalez heated up recently. Jay Cave, who we're talking about right now. Mitch Garver has heated back up. I mean, we're right back to... Even with some injuries, even without Byron Buxton, even without Eddie Rosario, talking about a team that because of how deep they are and how versatile they are in being able to move guys all around the field, it's a very deep team that gives Rocco Baldelli a lot of options and, and, and things to play with with what's left of this season. That's what you're resting your hopes on for October. Right. Like, like you don't have Garrett Cole. You don't have... Uh, well, I was going to say Chris Sale. That's a really bad example. Um, you, you don't have the you don't rotation. Have the, you don't have the Astros starting <laughs> rotation. You can right. leave it at that. Yeah, you don't have what the Dodgers have, which is, oh, a great player at every single spot on the field and some still in the minor leagues. You don't have those. What you have is the ability to hang your hat on one of the best offenses in baseball and say, hey, Nelson Cruz, go hit a 500-foot home run. And if this team is going to not only – seal off the American League Central and win the division, which I think they can and will. But if they're going to then do something, make any noise at all in October, it's going to be on the strength of the bats. That's what you hang your hat on if you're the Twins. It's, it's fun to watch, but i got to say, and Judd, I think I can speak for you too, it's stressful to cover. Like, you don't know what this team is. Well, in, internally, I guarantee you, they're saying if we don't get Barrios back, it doesn't matter. Like, the offense can hit all... It wants, but if you don't, if Jose Barrios doesn't come, because there's no, there's no next guy to step up there and be like, okay, you, we can start you game one. You'd have to be so much better offensively than yes. the other team to, so, to so be at a 50-50. I guarantee you, Falvey, Levine, and Baldelli, if shot uh, full of truth serum, would tell you if Barrios doesn't rebound, it's been a fun year. <laughs> All right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight you. And there's split no one else on to that, take like, over. Yeah, but it's like it's 60-40. You know what I mean? This Twins team has the bats to get it done. If Brios is all the better, you know okay. what? You give You're me, way better off. You give me a first-round series against the Tigers, and I agree with you. <laughs> I got the Kansas City Royals on line Okay, one, you boys. put them in the playoffs against me? I love life. You never know. Have they been mathematically eliminated? <laughs> I think so, yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. And you do know. The Royals might not be out of it, to be honest okay. with you. Okay, all right, well. All right. Hey, coming up next here on Score Unlikely. North, it is a journeyman QB Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, Roger that.
Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. College duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.